When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put down a deposit, you get up to $1,000 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right. Now, joined by Jason Shear. I am currently on assignment in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Jason was actually at the game doing his job as he uh, as he should, as uh, most professional people will. We'll get to that in a moment. But Jason, everybody's talking about Speedy Luke. Um, you messaged me uh, yesterday, and it sounded like Fam would look like he was on a different level yesterday. Yeah, the the thing with him is like there's football speed and there's track speed a lot of times, but for him it's both. Like he is, he had a play where he broke a, he, he made a guy miss, and then he's just gone. And once you get to the certain level or the second level with his speed, it's over, and Arizona's just gonna find ways to use him. I mean, he is clearly one of the more impressive freshmen that Arizona got in this class. And you just hit the nail on the head. How many times during the, you know, the rich rod or even the stoops era, would we hear about some guy named or, you know, TJ Johnson or bug, Wright, Who is supposed to be this fast next level guy. And sure. He might be a track guy, but it doesn't translate to the field. He couldn't make people miss. They couldn't run away from people. Speedy ain't that guy. Speedy's in a different realm. Yeah. I mean, he is a, a, football player in the sense where, you know, yeah, like, like you mentioned, those guys, if you, you know, raced them, they beat you in a race. But when you got on the football field, they weren't able to make that move that got them in the open field. And yeah, I mean, it was a scrimmage, but we've seen it in other practices. We saw it in high school. We saw it in the all American game. Once he makes guys miss and he has the ability to do that, it's just really, really difficult to catch up to him. I'm fascinated to see what they do because you and I have talked about this a great deal about how many touches do you give Speedy? Does he give, you know, you almost have to keep him on the field. You almost have to keep him on the field. But again, he's a small dude, you know, by Jed Fish's own calculation, he's about what, 5'8", 160. What is the ideal amount of touches for Jason Shear at this point? That sounded terrible, by the way. (laughs) I would say like 10 to 12, probably. You know, you're not going to want to give him 30 carries. 
You still have Wiley. You still have DJ Williams. You still have Jonah Coleman on the running back depth chart. Those guys are probably ahead of Luke, mm-hmm. but Luke is going to be used in a variety of ways. You're going to see two back sets. You're going to see him at wide receiver. You're going to see him in different ways. And so if you can get him 10 to 12 touches a game as a freshman, I, I think you're fine. All right, Jason, we're going to, we're going to talk, uh, keep going on this, but uh, real quickly, and we'll, we'll talk more about this, but Gary Lewis says, thanks for all the college football realignment analysis. That's why it's important to follow guys like Shear because they're not just saying stuff. They're not putting stuff out there. And again, it's a big thing yesterday, as some people might know was national radio day. And the cool thing about being on this platform is that, you know what, you're able to talk with a lot of other people in the media, have a lot of fun. You don't have to post 40 pictures of yourself flexing on Twitter in some weird way that only reconfirms people's ideas about you. But again, very uh, privileged to have Jason Shear on here as well. So let's talk about now the quarterback position. Now, did I, did I jinx or did I actually help the quarterback position here? Because when I, I put out there a while back, I said, no, Fafita is the best quarterback on the team. And you agreed with me at the time. So you don't do it totally out of this, but we both agreed that Delora would start. Um, Delora looks like a different quarterback right now. Is that fair? Yes. Uh, since you mentioned that you inspired Jaden Delora and he is clearly the best quarterback on the roster. Right. And, and I think I think part of that is like Noah Fafita, a lot of it was against the twos. Mm-hmm. And what they've done the past week, especially with Delora's absence, is he ran against the ones. And the game's just faster. It's right. just too fast for him right now. And he's not bad or anything like that. It's just like you could tell, especially last night at the scrimmage, one guy has played college football and, and one guy hasn't. And we're 100% in on Noah Fafita, so I don't want people to think that that's a different uh, a different situation. But, you know, looking at just some of the highlights, looking at the receiver, and we're going to keep talking about the receivers throughout the season because it's the strength of the team. Delora, Fafita, heck, if McLeod gets in there via injury, Jason, they've got a real margin for error to work with there. And you put this out there on your Wildcat Authority. Uh, by the way, where can they go to get all your good stuff? Uh, at Jason Shear on Twitter and then wildcatauthority.com. Uh, I think we're going to be running a deal here for the start of the season. Also. That's what we like to hear. But between T-Mac, between Cowling, Dorian Singer, you got Jamari in there, Kevin Green, A.J. Jones. These are guys at this point that we know there are four or five of them. We didn't even mention Fam, Speedy Luke, that can all play. And that's going to be a real benefit for, this, or for the quarterback back there. Yeah, and I mean, like that – you just signified all the talent. You didn't even mention Anthony Simpson. Right. And, and and it's not like a fault of yours. Like there's real talent in this room. And and Simpson is a guy that has been fantastic. And he was really good at the scrimmage. And then Cowing, T-Mac, uh, you got a guy like Joyner who's probably running with the twos right now, but he looked fantastic. Like you saw him in practice. He looked mm-hmm. great. And, and there is a lot of talent at the position. Um, if anything, Cowing's absence, and he'll be back on Tuesday it showed how much talent is in this room because Simpson and Kevin Green, true freshmen, have stepped up and they've looked great. And, and you know, Dorian Singer is probably a guy that we don't talk about enough. I mean, he, right. he's challenging to be one of the better receivers in the conference. He's that good. And so the talent at that position is as good as I've seen at Arizona in, in a long time. You know what's funny? I, I was thinking about Singer the other day, and I think in a weird way that I even underrated him because I thought he was more of just kind of a solid guy that could get open that you could depend on. No, 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 no. I mean, you, he, that he's all that, but he's a lot more vertically explosive than that. 
Yeah, he's one of these receivers. He can do a little bit of everything. And the thing with him is he he is explosive and he can go up and get it. And right. he can be a possession receiver if you need him. He's one of these guys that can do what Arizona needs him to do. And we were talking in the press box last night that we're we've probably underrated him all camp. And last night was kind of his, you know, don't forget about me moment where he was really, really good at times in that scrimmage. And it's like, you know, he he is a starter and T Mac and Cowing get the attention and rightfully so. But Dorian Singer has been right there with them throughout camp. All right. Now we need to talk about the offensive line. Uh, Leif Magnuson's father, big fan of the show. Hello, Quinn. You're watching out there. He wanted to talk about some depth along the O-line. I'm a big fan of Leif. But let's talk about the starting five right now and then talk about where we could possibly get a little bit of depth. What do you think just right now when you look at where you've got Morgan, Fears, Baker, Donovan, and Savanea? Looking around the conference, is that an average unit? Where did you go? Where would you go with that? Yeah, I'd say it's an average offensive line. And, and remember, you know, if you ask the coaching staff the biggest issue with the offensive line last year, they weren't going to point to the offensive line. They were pointing to the quarterback position and the fact that the guys weren't making the right reads and all that. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the offensive line has looked better with a better quarterback behind center. Like I haven't said to myself this camp, man, the offensive line just isn't very good. Right. Depth is a concern. It's a concern with most offensive lines in college. But the, the starting offensive line should be good enough to win football games. All right. So let's talk about a little bit of the depth. Let's talk about a guy like a Magnuson. Let's talk about maybe, a, you know, uh, let's talk about a JT Hand. Where exactly do those guys fit in? Yeah. So I think JT Hand would be considered your your sixth offensive lineman. He's going to get plenty of playing time in the rotation. And then you have Leaf and Sam Lange. Those are mm-hmm. probably the, the two guys right now. And it's probably like an eight deep rotation. Leaf had a nice camp. I think J.T. Han is kind of you can you can plug and play him. Um, Sam Lange has been solid, and so there's there's death. But look, at the end of the day, there's going to be a drop off between starters and backups at any offensive line in the country, no matter how good you are. But I think those three guys have emerged as legitimate options for depth, and and the coaching staff probably feels pretty comfortable with them moving forward. All right, Jason, you're the expert here. Gary Lewis said, "Did U of A get Max Gibbs, O lineman that left USC yet? What's the deal well, there?" I have not heard his name mentioned, but I know everyone wants, whenever you see a big offensive lineman enter the portal, uh, everybody wants Arizona to go get him. Especially when you see like USC or LSU attached to it or something, you're like, I'll take that one. All right. I want to, now we got to talk about the defense, but first, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX, Jason? Please do, Mike. Okay. Here's the deal. You put down a deposit, you can get up to a thousand in free plays. Jason and I are back. Jason is professional journalism, so I, I don't know that he'll go with this. But are we back? We're back in the A on the over two and a half and the over three, oh, yeah. correct? Absolutely. Big time. That's all you got to do. Like I said, you think I'm an idiot? Cool. Jason's not an idiot, though. 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1 800 next step. They'll get you all taken care of right there, but this is where you want to be the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You had a great tweet the other day where it actually reminded me of something that I would say, where basically you would you said, I'm not sure that Arizona's good, but they definitely don't suck. Yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> which, which, when you think about it, that's a that's the total compliment that you can give Fish, this staff, and this roster. Just think where you were th- two, three years ago, and to be able to say that because under Sumlin, last year Arizona kind of sucked. When we watched Kent last year, it was and this sounds crappy to say, but whatever. It was brutal to go to because right. you knew that you were watching a bad team. The quarterbacks weren't good. The offense was bad. Like you just knew. It was a bad football team. 
I haven't had that feeling once this entire camp. And that's not me saying Arizona's a bull team or is going to shock the world. I don't know what their record's going to be. But I know that they're a much better football team than they were last year. And they're definitely more entertaining to watch. All right, let's talk uh, real quick. Back VA Ray, maybe the coolest name on Twitter, coolest name on the Arizona Wildcat Authority boards. Back VA Ray, what does Bear Down mean to you? I'll let you chew on that one for a moment. Okay, now Steve Loop. All right, we're going to be talking about it. we're going to be talking about this for a little. Uh, we're going to talk about your kid here in just a little bit here. But let's talk the defensive line. Okay, Deuce Davis. We've been talking about Hunter, or at least I'll blame myself. We've been talking about Hunter Eccles. We've been talking about uh, uh, Keon Vars, um, Jalen Harris. Do, there's something to Deuce Davis because we've seen all throughout camp he's made plays, and he looked pretty good last night, Jason. Yeah, it, it, the thing with him is like he led the state in sacks. And what happens in recruiting these days, especially with the transfer portal, is a lot of coaches don't want to put in the work to develop a guy. So they see a guy like Russell Davis who weighs 210 pounds, and they just say he's too skinny, let, let's look elsewhere. Arizona went and got him. He's gained like 20 pounds since he's been here. He's still too skinny, but he is a legitimate pass rusher. He can't play every down because he's still a little too skinny, but every third down and five and beyond, he'll be in on. On blitzes, he'll be in on. He, he's going to play a, a lot more than, you know, I'll admit it. He's going to play a lot more than I thought he would as a freshman. You know what surprised me, though, a little bit about it is when you start digging into it, though, he probably shouldn't have been this underrated, though, because, again, he comes from an NFL background, obviously. He's got great bloodlines there. He's a great kid. And as you said, I mean, he's he's got a thin frame, but he also doesn't look like the kid that's also going to be stuck at 210 pounds his entire life. It looks like he'll be able to get into that 240 range. So that might have just been a mistake on a lot of people's part, including coaches, just not looking and realizing what they had there. Yeah, it was a mistake. And again, it comes down to it's, you know, Alabama, you can get away with it. But there are certain schools, Arizona's level, where they don't want to put in the work because of the transfer portal, because guys are physically ready. But a lot of times when you add a guy, you don't want him to be physically maxed out, even as a football player. And Russell Davis can easily put on the weight. Like you mentioned, comes from a great family. I asked Johnny Nansen about him last night, and the first thing he said was his father's awesome. Basically. Right. And, Which and is what you love to hear, especially when your dad played in the NFL. Right. And his father's great with the process, training him and all that. And, and that's exactly what you want to hear. And again, I don't know how much he'll play beyond like third down and blitz packages, but like next year when he's gained that weight, He's, he's a starter waiting to happen. Okay, so now let's talk Paris Shand because he's been a great unknown throughout. We've talked about how he's going to be lining up next to Keon Bars. When you look at Paris Shand, a couple things. First of all, he looks the part. He doesn't look like he should be, you know, Parker Zellers. And we love Parker Zellers. That's no offense. But when you watch him move around, he also looks the part. Is he getting close to being able to maybe put this all together? Yeah, I mean, he had the play that we saw in practice where he deflected it to himself right. and then intercepted it and ran it for what would have been a touchdown. Uh, he used to be a basketball player. He didn't play football until late, so it's not a surprise that it's kind of clicking now, but the basketball part is his athleticism. I mean, he is a very athletic interior defensive lineman, and this just feels like the year where it all comes together. I mean, he's a clear starter. No one's challenging him for a spot. It's going to be him and bars inside. And he's a guy that he put together a nice camp, another great kid and someone that the coaching staff really likes. 
All right. At the linebacker spot, obviously Jerry Roberts is going to start. You had a great article about how, you know, maybe we're taking Jerry Roberts consistency for granted here a little bit, but I look for a big year out of Jerry Roberts. I would expect him to lead the team in tackles. And if you were to tell me that he was going to be somewhere in that 80 or 90 tackle range, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, you know, linebacker is a position on the defense that concerns me, but Jerry's not one of those reasons. Right. Uh, I think that Jerry's going to have a fine season. He's solid in coverage, good against the run. Uh, I think they're, he's the leader of the group, and, and they really like him. And again, like sometimes it's a good thing when you never hear the coaching staff really talk about a player right. because that means that he's just doing what he's supposed to do. Now, lining up next to him, that's where it gets fascinating because you got a bunch of different options. Malik Reed, a guy, the high three-star, low four-star kid out of Chandler, went to Wisconsin. Then you got an Anthony Solomon. You kind of hear Deuce Lane's name mentioned from time to time. Who is that guy that's going to be lining up next to him consistent, consistently, not necessarily who starts the season opener? It's Colby Cage. I mean, for the last week or so, he's, he's overtaken that first spot. It's Colby and Malik Reed, but... Uh, they really like Colby's athleticism. They like his ability to to drop in coverage and, and the fact that he can play in other areas too. And and I don't want to say it's locked up, but if, if the season started tomorrow, it, it would be Colby Cage starting next to Jerry Roberts. Is, is Deuce Lane looking towards, is he looking at maybe a redshirt year this year? Because again, he's obviously a very talented kid. You don't want to burn a year if he's not going to be playing a ton. What's his, the ex four-star kid out of Oaks Christian in California? Yeah, I just think that he was hurt a little bit by not getting there early. Right. I think you're clearly going to see the younger guys who got there early be ahead of the guys that didn't. Right. Um, you know, Speedy Luke is a is a different kind of animal. So right. that's Bam. different for him. But um, like you look at like Tyler Martin, for instance, he hasn't been playing very much because they, they got here later than the other guys. So I don't know if he's going to redshirt, but he's not going to be in the main rotation right now. Maybe he works his way into special teams, but he hasn't been awful. Like you don't look at him and say, oh man, that's just not going to work out. It just happens that there's other guys ahead of him right now. All right, let's talk the secondary because I am incredibly enthused by the future of this secondary and maybe a little bit of the present too, but we're going to start young and then work our way. And those two corners, when you've got Takario Davis and you've got Ephesians Prysock, again, not saying that they're going to be starters this year, that they're going to be big time difference makers, but Jason, they both have the look of guys that once they hit that starting lineup, they're not leaving. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because whenever you see a 6'4 corner, the first thought is, when is he moving to safety? Like, right. That's a, right. And these guys aren't safeties. Right. They are legitimately good corners. And like you mentioned, they're not going to start this year, but they're going to play. I mean, Takario Tavis and Ephesians Prysock are too good to keep off the field the entire season, whether it's special teams, certain packages, whatever. Um, you know, they're they're both legitimately good. I don't know if one is necessarily better than the other, but they're both starter quality corners here in, in as soon as, you know, a couple seasons. You know what's interesting? Moving over to the safety spot now, and we'll we'll talk about Christian Roland Wallace here in a second, although he's just kind of all reliable. You know what you're going to get with him. But um, at the safety spot, Christian Young and uh, Jackson Turner, to me, are kind of in the same boat in that they both look the part. You both see, you see a lot of reasons why they should really be good. We just need to see it now. Yeah, I mean, they they what they'll do is they'll show glimpses, and you're right. like, oh man, these guys are good. And then two plays later, they're getting beat on a deep ball. Right. And some of that could have been coverage. Some of that could have been coaching. We're gonna find out because they're gonna play a lot more zone this season than they have in the past, and maybe that's just their strength. They looked really good during camp, but again, it's this is their make or break year. Like right. you mentioned, you know, you see the potential, you see the athleticism. Now show me how that translates, you know, to production on the football field. 
All right. Now, who? Obviously, you're looking at a three safety look at points, but sometime let's talk about um, is D. What do you expect then from that third safety spot? Are you looking at DJ Warnell? Are you looking at Gunnar Maldonado getting in there at times? What are you looking for? It's Gunnar Maldonado. He, he's mm-hmm. going to start there. He was helped a little bit. Um, Isaiah Mays was in there a little bit, but he he's been injured. And, and Jed Fish said he doesn't really know when he's coming back just yet. Uh, hasn't really been dressed or participating in practice for a week now. I think. Uh, Warnell has been kind of hit or miss. So it, Maldonado will will start at that spot. And then um, they have, I can't get into, de- de- uh, get into detail, but they have other packages. Um, let's just call it a dime package where they're going to have different looks with multiple DBs. But uh, right now, Gunnar Maldonado would be that third safety. So looking at this defense this year, and I was talking about this a little bit earlier in a podcast, the one thing that I think is that you look at, I don't need this team defense to be great by any means, but if you could tell me that they will hover between somewhere between six and eight statistically through the major majority of the defenses, that is a huge movement for Arizona. And it also gives their offense a little bit more margin for error. You need them to be average. Like if they're average, that's fine. We we embrace mediocrity this year. Arizona's new motto. We just want to be average. (laughs) Right. Yes. But defensively, defensively, though, this is the because you and I have watched a lot of Arizona football together. I've trolled you a lot during Arizona football. And the one thing that we've always looked at, especially the last three or four years, is man, this defense doesn't look the part. This just doesn't look this again. And I'm not saying that this is going to be Ohio state or anything. Again, I still think they're a five win football team, but it just looks different. The players look different out there, at least in that starting unit. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at guys that just like even a Hunter Eccles, right? Arizona didn't have another pass rusher last season right. or Russell Davis would, you know, it, another guy, um, you know, linebacker concerns, but like you mentioned, like the two backup corners, which are price and, and Jacario Davis, those are starters a couple of years right. ago, probably. Like they're 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 legit. And so it'll take time. But you know, I was talking about it with someone last night. The hit rate on this class, this freshman class, it's it's really, really high. Then right. usually, like if you get 50%, you're pretty pumped. This class is really good. Like they did a very nice job here. Don't you have to give the uh, well, obviously, a ton of kudos to the coaching staff? But you know what re- is remarkable to me about these guys, and why I'm not totally surprised, is you can tell that every single coach is spending half their time recruiting and evaluating. It's almost like you know they talked and said, "Listen, there's not a lot here. We've got to be able to hit on these people." Because you're exactly right. Even the three-star kids that aren't at the front of the class, whether that's a Takario Davis or you know whether it's a Kevin Green or a Jonah, these guys are all going to be playing here. And they're going to be playing sooner than later. Yeah, and, and you know, it, that's how you win at Arizona. And, like, when when Jed Fish hired Johnny Nansen, people were like, oh, he's never really called plays or whatever. And Jed Fish said, we need to recruit. Like, Nansen is one of the better recruiters in the country. He's going to be a coordinator. But if we don't recruit and bring talent to Arizona, we're not winning anyway. And you look at the guys that they brought, and there's a little evaluation in there, too. Like, it's apparent that Jonah Coleman was under-recruited. Like, I mean, that's obvious. Speedy Luke was probably under-recruited. And and there's other guys on the roster that have come in, and like Takario Davis is another one. Uh, You know, you just mentioned in, like, the evaluation and the recruiting, that's how this program is going to turn around. That's it. And, And that's where they're headed. And isn't, as far as just usage and whatnot, isn't DeAnthony Thomas at Oregon, isn't that the comparison for Speedy Luke, just off size, durability, and what you should probably be looking for? Yeah, last night everyone was calling him Trunk, which is great. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think DeAnthony Thomas, because Thomas didn't get 30 carries a game either. 
Right. And, you know, the, the guy that everyone compared in the program was telling me when they were recruiting him was Demetric Felton at UCLA. That's How, fine, too. Yeah. Like, you would give him eight carries, four passes, a couple jet sweeps, and before you know it, he's got eight touches for 150 yards. And, right. you know, that's, that's the type of player that they want him to be, and that's the type of player, you know, he should be. He's that good. All right, let's talk special teams now. Let's talk a little Tyler Loop, a little Kyle Ostendorp. First, everybody knows with Kyle Ostendorp, first-team all-conference punter. It's been a long time since Arizona's been able to look at the special teams and say, okay, that's a strength. But between possible kick returning of Jacob Cowing, between Fam Speedy Luke, Kyle Ostendorp, there's going to be a lot of field position changing right there. Dude, how cool is it? Like, and this just hasn't happened at Arizona, but we were talking about this before as a joke. It's like we don't have to worry about special teams sucking. Like, there's a reason why right. we're sure. not talking that much about special teams because it's good. Like, Ostendorp is good. Luke right. is good. You know, the coverage team, I guess we could talk about, but, um, you know, like you mentioned, like the special teams is going to be good. Uh, returning wise, you know, I'm not a big fan of cowing returning anything. I would mm. I hate it, but right. I'm not sure he's going to. I mean, Jackson Turner returned every punt last night at the scrimmage. I'm cool with that. Speedy Luke on the kickoff team. I'm cool with that. I, I wouldn't put cowing back there at all. But, um, you know, and that's another way you give Speedy Luke touches. But, yeah, I mean, special teams should be pretty good. And Tyler Loop has a, and again, Tyler Loop, who we need to remind people last year, was – 100% on all of his field goals. So again, that's a little bit of a, uh, that's obviously a, uh, that's a good thing to have in your, um, your uh, repertoire. But when you watch him kick, when you watch him, this, this is a kid that I think has the capability of really extending that out. Again, we know last year that he was the short yardage guy, but when you watch him in practice, he's routinely booting things from 45 and 50 yards. I'm feel very comfortable with having Tyler Loop as my kicker. Yeah, and he gave a really good answer. We asked him what his range is, and he said basically the goal is to always kick field goals 45 yards and shorter because that means the offense is generally doing right. its job. And he said he could probably extend further than that, but they talk most about 45 and in. And 45 and in is is his comfort range. And that doesn't mean he can't hit a 50-yard field goal if need be. Um, but, you know, the, the, the goal as an offense is, you know, let's keep it in that area. And he's the guy where, yeah, like Mr. Consistent. I mean, 12 for 12 last year – we asked him what it's going to be like when he misses one, and we felt guilty about it almost. And uh, he's very consistent. It's very routine from him, and uh, he's just a, a good guy to have back there. All right, now let's talk about the DraftKings. Code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You put down the deposit, you get up to $1,000 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Jason, if you were wagering and you – with the inside information that you have, and you were wagering on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, what would you put your wager at as far as Arizona's wins this year? Not what Vegas has them, but where would you put it? I would put your mortgage on three and a half wins. Okay. Fine. Because, okay. look, and we said, like, we talk about make or break games. San Diego State, the first game of the season, if Arizona wins, that's a big win because all of a sudden you're not. And, it's so Arizona can't go 0 and 3. You know, we we assume the most realistic is 1 and 2, but if they go 2 and 1 and out of conference, I kind of feel like all bets are off. Like they're they're going to make a, a little bit of a run there. In San Diego State too, if uh let me ask let me ask you this. I was talking with a couple people and I thought it was an interesting point. Let's say that Arizona beat San Diego State and they beat them by 10 points. 
all of a sudden it's a lot easier to start that, to, to sell that first home game right there. And you're probably, this is a massive first game for Jed Fish here. Yeah. And not only that, like you can look at your players in the eye now and it's not BS anymore. It's look guys, I told you we could beat good teams. Right. And all of a sudden you're like Mississippi state, North Dakota state at home. We're mm -hmm. in good shape. Like we just right. beat San Diego state in a sold out brand new stadium. San Diego state's a good team. And, and so to me that, that first game, you know, even if Arizona doesn't win it, it's just it's got to be competitive, and I think it is a a very big game for the rest of the season for Jetfish. All right, I want to make fun of ASU here for a second. Um, you yeah. you look at the lines, and I I know that they have a five and a half win total, but I feel very comfortable in saying that Arizona, that the real A is going to finish ahead of ASU in the Pac-12 South this year. I think Pac, I think a, I think Arizona has better talent than ASU, and on top of that, I think that they're not going to quit. I think I'd have to worry about that with ASU. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is we have no idea where ASU is going to be at the end of the year because when the going gets tough there, they could all easily just quit knowing their coach is probably fired. The right. thing that's weird about ASU is we have, the media has a habit of, like, making all their quarterbacks seem really good. Like, Jaden Daniels wasn't that good, right. and the media made him out to be awesome. Emory Jones has never been that good. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they got Emory Jones. Here's my Emory Jones. Here's my Emory Jones stat for you. Last year at Florida, and by the way, they weren't sad to see him go. Um, 20 touchdowns, 13 picks, four of those touchdowns and zero of those picks were against Centenary or Sentinel or some school like that. So basically he's a 500 uh, touchdown interception ratio quarterback in the SEC. Granted, it's the SEC, but he's also playing with better players and he's going to be playing with at ASU. Yeah. I mean, he's not an accurate quarterback. He throws picks, you know, he hasn't practiced all that well. I know in their scrimmage the other night, he threw a pick and had a horrible throw or two. And it's just, it's, it's a weird, it's, we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, for some reason, the media wants ASU to be good. Like six and a half wins to me is wild. I know that out of, out of conference isn't very good, but that's, that's a, a good amount of wins. And so I, I just, I don't see it. I, I think when they start losing a couple, it's all going to kind of slide downhill. Let me ask you this, and we're going to move on to basketball here in just a moment, but I want to ask you this. Would you rather have a fully healthy Jordan McLeod or Emory Jones as your quarterback? I'd probably rather have Emory Jones. I, I just I, you can't McLeod, go that far. <laughs> McLeod's arm strength just isn't there, and I like him. He's a great kid, great attitude, and all that. But we we've especially seen it in camp. He just doesn't have the arm strength. It depends what kind of like if they're. But I should say if they're running an offense based around the run and short passes and all that, McLeod would do fine. I would take him. All right, let's talk now. Moving over to Arizona basketball. We're both back in the A big time here with the over three three wins right there, two and a half. Let's talk some Arizona hoops now. I want to talk about some of the people that we're not probably talking nearly about. But first, Kylan Boswell, I've been telling people this from day one. I wouldn't expect much from him this year. This is a rehabilitation adapting to the college game. Obviously, he's got the injury. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the reason why he reclassified is because when you go to college and you hurt yourself, the school pays for the rehab, the school pays for the surgery and all that. And, right. and that's a big reason why you could give them your doctors and things like that. So in an ideal world, He's good for conference play, and he plays maybe 10 minutes a game. And you're kind of just setting it up for the next season for him to step into that role. But I think the people um, expecting him to come in right away and, and be awesome, it's you know, it's not a knock on him. It's just kind of unrealistic with the way this roster is and everything. All right. We like Kenny Abbey a great deal. So, Kenny Abbey, ask Jason about the new uniforms, please. He loves uniform talk. Have you heard anything about uniforms? Yeah, I've heard a lot about uniforms. Uh, uh, what do you yeah, – 
you I'll, wanna... I'll, I'll say this. Um, think traditional old school, kind of the, you know, the way the uniforms used to be with, with a little bit of a different look. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Kenny, there's your, there's your, there's your input right there. All right. I want to talk Philip Borovichinin though. So I've seen uh, So Philly B is on campus right okay. here. And you talk about a guy, I did not expect him to look the way that he does. Now, you might say, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is he is a well-put-together kid. Now, you look at you look at Henry Vieser, obviously a guy that's probably going to play in the NBA, big man out of Estonia, but he's a skinny dude. He's going to take some time to get physically you know, to where he is. Philly B is a well-put-together kid, so I don't know that the strength thing is a real concern at this point, Jason. No, they like him. I mean, they, you can tell when Tommy Lloyd and the assistants talk about him, they like him. They think he's ready to play now, and there's going to be some growing pains, but we're probably not talking about him. Minutes, is it's 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 a good and bad position. You know, Tommy Lloyd's going to have his work cut out for him, bringing out the minutes, and usually that stuff kind of straightens itself out, but the people that say, like, Philly B is only going to play five minutes a game. It's he, he's he's going to play more. Like he's. Gonna let me ask you this. Let me ask you this though, because we were going over um, minutes, and I had a podcast about this earlier. Breaking my only concern with this, and it's not a concern; it's a good thing. Is where do the minutes come from, though? Because right. you know, here's the thing: just looking at the wings, because Kerr's going to play straight point guard, but you got Courtney Ramey. Courtney Ramey's playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. Pella Larson's playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. If uh, Cedric Henderson, he's playing 20 minutes a game. Um, Adama Ball, probably playing 15 to 20 minutes a game. There's just not a ton of minutes to go around. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, it's really tough. And I think we're going to see a bunch of lineups that are smaller because of it, because in a bunch of wing heavy lineups. But again, like it's a good and a bad thing, like good for Arizona's talent. But man, you know, I, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be hard to keep all these guys happy. Tommy Lloyd does a very good job with that. Um, did a very good job with that last year, but uh, it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be really interesting to see. And it's way too early to kind of figure it out, but it's going to be way too, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the minutes shake out because it's it's not easy to predict. I had a couple of people tweet at me last, uh, uh, last live stream asking me who I expect to be the best player on this team. And uh, this, to me, this isn't difficult. It needs to be a Julius Tabellis. I know Tommy Lloyd's talked about it, and he's talked privately about Pella Larson, and Pella's very good. My bad, Pella, again. I thought Pella sucked. Pella doesn't suck. I suck. But um, a Julius Tabellis needs to be that dude. He's got to be 18 and 9, and there's no reason that he shouldn't be. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. It shouldn't be Kerr. It shouldn't be Pella. It should be a Julius, and it should be end of story. Yeah, I agree with you. He, he's just, he's got to take that next step. And I mean, he's still really good, obviously, but you want to see him become that guy that's going to come out and, and dominate. He, he's good enough to do it. And um, to me, that's, he has to be that player. And, and you know, it's great if Kerr is the best player and takes that step forward or whatever, but by Zoo taking and being Arizona's best player, it kind of cements the fact that he's taken that, you know, final step in college and he's ready to be that dude. Are we looking at are people maybe looking past Umar Ballo a little bit this year? Because I think Umar had some really good moments against fast teams last year, against Houston, against, um, so, you know, he obviously had some issues, but he slimmed down. It looks like he's probably lost 25 pounds, 30 pounds, something like that. I think this year we're going to see exactly what Umar Ballo is for the rest of his Arizona career, good or bad, mostly good. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, he, he's never going to be like a, a superstar type of player to me, but, you know, a solid guy, 20 minutes a game or so, gives you rebounds, give you some points inside, plays tough defense. If he can do that, I, I think Arizona will be just fine with it. Um, he's got to be willing to be more physical. Like I, I thought in the tournament, it was pretty obvious. And Zoo had the same problem where when the going gets tough, you need a guy that's going to be right there. And and I think that's the next step for uh, for Umar. I think with uh, Cedric Henderson now, let's talk about him. Um, to me, I'm a little surprised, and I, I get that the offense is what it, it is what it is. A lot of coaches run slower styles, totally get that. And I get that he's at Campbell. But what am I missing just as far as what I look at him on the court? Because when I've, I've watched the Duke game twice now where Campbell played Duke. You can catch it on YouTube. He's six foot six. He's very sturdy. He's athletic. He's a willing defender. He can score. He's got some pretty decent passing. This is a this is a guy that I could see playing 25, 30 minutes per game if things go right by you know midseason. Yeah, I mean, look, Texas Tech does really good with transfers, and that's who Arizona beat out for Henderson. Right. And it got close at the end. And he's a guy that he he just he helps you win. He's not gonna put up insane numbers, but he's gonna go get that rebound. He's gonna go defend. You could play him at multiple positions. And it, it goes back to kind of what we were saying with football. Like sometimes you just don't want to put in the work. But with him, you know, he's a guy where even if he doesn't play 30 minutes a game, it would be a surprise to me if he doesn't impact Arizona in a positive way. What's Courtney Ramey's upside this season? Texas transfer. I think a much better scorer than people realize. I agree. I, I think playing for Texas, you're, you're playing for Chris Beard. Your offense is obviously very limited. And I think that overall, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm actually expecting him to show that he's a better scorer um, than we know. Yes, and defensively as well, I think he's going to be able to take a lot of the pressure off of Kerr right there because there were games, and even when teams wouldn't fully expose him, but you could tell that like Terrell Brown, when Washington was playing Arizona, they had no chance of beating Arizona, but the plan was Terrell, when you ever see him right there, uh, when you ever see Kerr on front of you, go right at him. Courtney Ramey's going to be getting those assignments now. Yeah, Ramey's the best defender on the team. I'm, I'm confident in, in saying that, and he's going to be the guy that, you know, figuring it's a guard, he's going to guard the the opposing team's best player pretty much every game. All right. Now, before we sign off here, got two, two things, and then we're going to get some predictions. Again, by the way, we have the best listeners. Back the A-Ray. ASU going out like Usman <laughs> last night. Book it on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The only thing, Ray, that I'm going to get you on, you forgot code word PHNX. That's the only thing that we need, but back the A-Ray right there. You're the man, and that sock is fantastic. But two things we got right here. FOCO, the number one sports merchandise place in the entire world, officially licensed. To give you an idea how cool it is, Jason, I was doing this read, and then Brandon Sanders comes on, or and he says, wait a second, you're talking about FOCO? And he takes his straw hat off that we've all seen him wear at practice, and he says, this is FOCO right here. And uh, he said, I couldn't recommend this is where I get all my stuff. If it's good enough for Brandon Sanders, it's good enough for anybody out there. Maybe pound for pound the best player out there at U of A. And another thing, Four Peaks Brewery right here. Now, Four Peaks Brewery is the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out. Go to the website and go to Go PHNX. Got all kinds of good stuff going on there right there. Raffles, some deals. But check out Four Peaks Brewery. Very good beer right there. Can't wait to uh, check it out myself in person at the brewery. Okay, now, Jason, 
we're not going to actually talk any realignment talk, but I did want to just say something back. The array um, did get me going on something you vote uh, when it comes to reporting right now, when it comes to what Arizona is going to do, what Arizona is not going to do. You've done a really good job at this. And I've tried to chip in at times saying that the, a lot of times right now, people are just putting stuff out there because they have an agenda to keep something together. And you can see that based on the reporting, based on the backtrack, what should people be looking for when you're looking for a non-biased report on where PAC 12 stands, where Arizona stands and everything besides following Jason Shear? I, I think the one thing that bothers me the most is when a reporter says I talked to an AD mm -hmm. because the ADs are, and doesn't name them because the ADs are all in different spots. Like if I talk to the Oregon state or Washington state AD, they're clearly telling me they want the PAC 12 st to stay together and they, and it will because they have no other option. And, and so another it's, everyone is looking out for themselves. So I, I would say that, you know, when you have a guy like Canzano, for instance, where you want consistency and I'm not saying the whole thing isn't fluid, but if I'm telling you that there's a scenario where the big 12 is, is all over these schools. And then 20 minutes later, I'm saying, but they're not leaving to the big 12. And then 20 minutes later, I'm saying, but you got to keep an eye on it. It's like, dude, come on. Like, right. it's well, my know, favorite. My favorite ahead. thing is, is when you see somebody reporting that there was a $2 billion escalator clause in the, uh, um, the big 10, uh, TV deal. And then they say, well, that was to be expected. Well, yeah, you never reported it. Two billion. Not for $2 billion. They don't. Right. I I'm fortunate enough in my position to be able to talk with some people that would know some things. And I was told nobody thought $2 billion, maybe yeah. 900 million, maybe 1.1. Nobody saw 2 billion, 2 billion allows you to really take whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, 2 billion basically allows you to go out and offer school $70 million a year, not just Arizona, like not just Washington, like anybody. All right, Jason. All right. I know your father, you got things to do. I'm up in Tahoe being cool, working on the tan, as you can tell. Yeah. But, but, um, first of all, Barrett Hartman, excellent work. Just took U of A over three total wins and over 1.5 code word PHNX. You say bear down. I say back the A we meet in the middle and we support Arizona. All right. Real quick before we sign off, Jason, again, where can you, uh, where can they find you? What's going on? Uh, at Jason Shear on Twitter, Wildcat Authority, the Wildcat Scoop podcast with my lovely wife, Shelby. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to have a deal this upcoming week for the start of the season. So check it out. All right, everybody out there, we had awesome engagement from all of you. Too many to name, but just know that Jason and I appreciate you immensely. I stand by that I take Jordan McLeod over Emory Jones. I don't care what I don't care what my boss Saul Bookman says or my friend Jason Shear. I'm <laughs> riding with Jordan McLeod on that one. But everybody out there, you have a great Sunday, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.